Podcasting from Astrolab Studios, this is Continuum Drag, a weekly podcast where we revisit sci-fi, fantasy, and just plain weird shows that have faded from the collective consciousness and didn't quite make the impact that they intended. This week, Tech War, episodes three and four. Now then, your name is Falcon? You know what it is. See? Nothing. <laughs> Must be government issue. <laughs> you know the tech lord, Janice? Never heard of Stop! Don't worry, nothing's done. Are you part of his syndicate? I don't know what you're talking about. This is torture, you can't do this! I'm not doing anything. You control the machine. Are you part of his syndicate? Do you know what Janice is hiding at? Merchants and shipping. Get on it. Welcome to Continuum Drag. Uh, we're your hosts, Luke and Jordan, and uh, welcome back for the second episode of Tech War. If you like the first one, there'll be more on this one. <laughs> um, that's true. There's more Tech War to talk about. But before we get into that, uh, let's just do a little housekeeping. We've been listening to the first episode. Um, and one thing I want to say first is I kept saying Stargate and below. I do not want to watch Stargate. It's everything below Stargate. That's that's rule number one. <laughs> I like I like that you're fixated on that rule as if that's going to make or break this that that Stargate is too high too high caliber. Yeah, too high caliber. Got to be got to have less series than Stargate. Um and the other thing is we've been talking about uh how how do we get out of a series that is too unwatchable? Right. Um so I think we've got a plan for that. Now we can we can get the details here, but I think the idea is we'll have some sort of escape clause, or maybe we're going to come up with a better sci-fi pun for what this is. <laughs> right. Uh, we don't have to do it right now. We'll figure it out at some point. Um, but basically, we've already established we're going to rate the episodes at the end of each podcast episode. By the way, I really wish this was a Christmas podcast, and then it could just be escape clause, which also sounds like the fifth installment in one of those terrible Tim Allen movies, The Escape Clause. Actually, that might have actually been one. No, if it's not, uh, we'll pitch it later. We'll pitch it to Tim Allen? We'll start a secondary podcast where we write the escape clause. Agreed. So with the scores of each television episode, we're going to like watch a bare minimum requisite number of episodes. Okay. Like, How many do you think that's going to be? I think like six or eight. Okay. What do you think? Six or eight? I think eight. Eight? You want to commit to a minimum of eight episodes? I think that's about is probably the highest threshold that that one can take of of a terrible terrible tv show i mean I, I i will say this again i reserve the right to at any point just say i'm out but i i, I don't think it's going to happen but i think eight episodes is, is giving uh is is more fair than than some of i'm assuming some of these shows maybe deserve all right well at, at the eight episode mark then we will do an average score so far okay for the series what is the average the series as a whole needs to fall below five out of ten. I would say five. All right, I, I agree. I think five out of ten. I thought about four, but I think like halfway decent is all we is the bare minimum we should expect. It, I think it's the same for school. It's it's fifty percent. If you're if you can't get half the things right, you've, you've, you've flunked. You've, you've flunked. flunked. Yeah. So okay. So after eight episodes of the show, we will then check in on it series's current average and going forward. Each additional episode will reevaluate that that average. So if it falls at eight, if it falls below five, we're, we're 
using the escape pod. I don't know. Is that what we're calling it? The escape pod? Sure, let's go with that for now. The, the EP. Push the self-destruct button. We're getting in the escape pod. <laughs> this is getting worse. Of the series. But basically, we got to get to eight first before we can like officially uh, use the escape pod. <laughs> um, great. I think that's it for housekeeping. I want to do a little segment here where we look at series merch. Okay. If, if you're a real science fiction television series, at some point you have to have merch, action right. figures, comic books, something. There's got to be some like spin-off material. I, f- I think that's the sign of a true franchise. It's it's funny you mention that because I did do a little bit of looking online this week to see one to see if there was any merchandise and then two if there was any just weird fan art. And I'm interested to see what you found because I found very little, especially in terms of the merchandise, um, unless you're looking for used copies of Tech War. I will say it's a very disappointing level of merchandise for Tech War, but there is still some merchandise. What'd you find? Well, first of all, obviously, Tech War is based on nine William Shatner novels. There was Tech War, Tech Lords, Tech Lab, Tech Vengeance, Tech Secret, Tech Power, Tech Money, Tech Kill, and Tech Net. If I had to pick just walking by a shelf of novels, Tech Lords would be the one I'd go for. They published between 89 and 97. That's nearly a decade of tech novels. Well, they so they must have done well enough that they kept publishing them. I assume that his name is enough to not only get the books published, but to keep them in enough circulation that they keep making them. Well, the publishing set was crazy. Like The first one came out in 89. And apparently he wrote it on the set of one of the Star Trek movies. I saw, I read that too. Star Trek V. Which, by the way, if you watch Star Trek V, you go, hey, maybe you should spend a little more time working on that movie. He then went on, they then released two in 91, two more in 93. So those are two tech novels a year. And then after that, it was like 94, 95, 96, 97, like they one a year. He slowed it down a little. In the, I should have really pulled this up, but I'm pretty sure it's the same person who, who ghost wrote all of them. And you know this poor son of a bitch just must have, just was given like, you know, the back of Bazooka Joe comics with ideas written them on him, and he just had to go home to his wife and go, what am I going to do with this stuff? He's got ideas and they don't make any sense, you know, and he just had to make a diamond out of that, uh, that pile of poop. Speaking of the author, William Shatner, have you read a William Shatner novel before? Here's what I've read. Not a novel, but in high school, I read both of his autobiographies of his Star Trek years, which was the Star Trek years. And then the second one was his uh the movie star trek years and the i actually remember the reason i read the first one was i was avoiding going to english class because i hadn't done an essay and so i was hiding in the library and then i was like well i'm here i might as well read something so i read one run of them and i thought it was really good so i read the next so i read both of them back to back just just to recap you cut class to hide in the library and read william shatter i actually don't know what my strategy was it was i'm just gonna keep avoiding things but i didn't want to just go home, I suppose. Well, if you left campus, you'd get in trouble. Yeah, that must have been what it was. So I just hung out in the library. It's that middle ground. It's safe. It's safe middle ground. And I can assure you that essay never did get written. Great. Uh, yeah. Well, at least we have closure on that. Yeah. Um, I have read one. Oh, did you really? Shatner novel. Which one? Oh, is it? It's not the Star Trek one where he becomes he's uh, the Borg pick up the dead body of. Uh, Kirk, is it? One hundred percent is that. One. <laughs> oh, that's a good guess. That was it. Was the it was it was William Shatner's sequel to Generations. Yeah. Uh, because of his disappointment in how Generations ended. I remember. I actually remember reading an article about it that he was disappointed, and it and he thought, well, this will be the real 
you know, because he didn't want Kirk to die, I guess, because that was a cash cow that he didn't want to go away. I actually remember the the, the cover of that. And I and I thought, oh, it's so lame. But uh, so how was the book? I mean, I was uh, I couldn't have been more than 13, but uh, it was great. Uh, they went to the Borg homeworld, which was in the fourth dimension. It was real weird. Oh, the Borg have a homeworld, huh? That's uh, not that's not they canon. They have a home dimension. A home dimension. Um, also, I like that we've now spent more time discussing Star Trek than actually tech war. You're right. L- let me get back to tech merchandise. Okay. Um, all right. So obviously the novels happened, if, but there were also a series of comics. That's right. Yes. I, 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 I saw it. Was it Dark Horse who did it? Um, no, actually. If you want to actually go to the Google Drive, there's photos for you. So what, what do you want me to go into? Uh, let's go into the first image there. Uh, I believe it's called Tech World. Oh, yeah. Those are images of the first 24-issue 20, run of the comic strip Tech World, which run ran from 92 to 94. It's so early 90s, it's painful. Uh, it doesn't look very good. It's oh. Marvel. Marvel Comics, though. Oh, yeah, Marvel. How about that? This must have been just before they, uh, they filed for bankruptcy. <laughs> the comic strip was then revived in uh, 2009. Was it really? As Tech War Chronicles. Have a look at that at that uh, Tech War Chronicles. It's a real cheap looking comic. I, you know what's funny? I saw, this is one of the things I when I was looking at um, to see if anyone had done any sort of fan art and someone has done a very loving uh, recreation of this painting. Very, very similar. Uh, I like that they gave uh, Shatner the hair part that he doesn't really have, you know, because it's a toupee. Well, this is 2009 too. This is like, he does not look like that in 2009. No, he does not. Um, he was always he was already on to wife six or seven at that point, wasn't he? That one had already been drowned in the pool. Haven't I? Yeah, that, that was a newsflash to me. Yeah, we discussed that off the air yesterday, how a theory, a rumor, a supposition that uh, Shatner killed one of his wives, <laughs> the one that they found in the pool. Now, I don't know anything about that. I mean, but, I do, I, but I, I've met someone who has a very strong opinion about it. And the first time Shatner was mentioned, he's like, you know, he killed his wife. As if, like, he's Richard Kimball trying to avenge uh, his wife from the one-armed man or something. Before we started this tech war binge-watching, I had never heard this before. Now I've heard it from you, and we heard it from someone else, like, days later. This yeah. exact same story. So, I don't know. I'm not going to... We should do a separate We blame. should do a separate podcast on, did Shatner kill his wife? Yeah, it'll be our serial. Is that is that slander? Tune in next week. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know how long that Tech War Chronicles ran for. It looks like it ran for a very short period of time. I, apparently someone had digitized at some point, but even that's gone now. Like, I couldn't track down, like... I bet I can find it. ...anything about that. Um, but it's fine. We'll move on. The only, like, other piece of Tech War stuff, there's two things. There's another photo in there, and it was a trading card series because it was the 90s and you needed trading cards. Um... But they just appear to be like stills from the original comic that were just turned into trading cards. Well, they've got all the characters here. You got redheaded guy with one eye. You got, I'm assuming that's Cardigan. Um, there's another guy with a mustache. Maybe that's his partner down there. He looks cooler than the guy who actually plays him because he's got a rose tattoo on his forehead. Agree to disagree about that. Yeah? You think that the guy in the show is cooler? Sid, in, Sid on the show? Oh, yeah. Um, at any rate, that's basically it with the sole exception of this insane 1995 first-person shooter that they made. Oh yeah, yeah. Tell me about that. I, I again, I only have a vague knowledge of it. It is, it is, it is DOS-based. It's a very early first-person shooter. Like, let me put it this way: Doom came out the year before, right? Which is hilarious because how like Doom is like you know set the bar and much like Tech War itself was so far behind 
uh, the 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 curve. It just had it had nothing. Do you think the people that own the rights just thought they had such a gold mine? They just were like, we're making comics and video games and a TV show, and this thing's gonna hit. Or it was was it popular enough that it just simmered, you know, simmered just under the surface, and they can keep kind of let's just squeeze every drop we can out of this I, thing. I think if you think back to like 1990, like one to four, all these medium trading cards, comic books, bad sci-fi. It's aimed at nerd children. Like, they're just like, oh, this is what they like. I actually uh, attempted to download and play oh, the yeah? Tech Wars uh, game. It was unplayable, though. It was so awful. Like, unplayable, it was just so bad? Or unplayable, it, was, it, was it didn't work? like, so bad and so hard. I was very disappointed. I was really looking forward to walking around the world of Tech War and what, exploring. Was that the game? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I assume I went on a mission. You start off on a subway, and then you go up into the streets of Tech War, and, like, there's a garbage truck driving around and people shooting at you, and you, like... Use your, you don't get to use your wave gun, but you, but that's about it. Like, there really is no other tech merchandise. I like thought there might be like an action figure. There's not. There's nothing. There's no. There's no anything other than like these like brief flirtations with like other publishing. Media. Yeah, I don't think the show made an impact almost in any way with with anyone. Like, I, it's not even meant to be a joke. It just it sort of just existed and went away. And this this literally is already we've probably already given more time to the show than anyone has in the past twenty years. Give me hours of content on the internet, thanks. To us. Yeah, exactly. We're gonna get a call from Shatner. One, thank you for reviving Tech War. Two, I did not kill my wife. You have been sued. You'll be hearing from my lawyers. Yeah. All right. Um, that's it for this weird merchandising segment I just made up. Um, I hope it was that was worth it. Probably not though. <laughs> I I can cut it down. Um, all right, so let's get into the episodes. So we watched episodes three and four. Uh, episode three, Tech Posse. Yeah, Tech Posse. I have to say right off the bat, this was my favorite episode up to this point. I mean, up to this point, it was only been three episodes, but I liked it. I couldn't tell if it was just I'd been desensitized to Tech War to the point where I'm just, I guess I'm on board now. Or, but I actually do think it was probably, maybe you disagree, I thought it was the best episode of the three. I mean, we'll get into it, but... A hundred percent. I'm on board with that. I was like, oh, this is better than the pilot. And yeah. I like the pilot. But this is like, there's no way it's going to get better than this episode. Yeah. So I thought the same thing. And what it actually felt like to me, it seemed like a spec script or like a next generation script that didn't, that didn't quite work entirely. Like you could see this being an episode of next generation where Riker decides to go to another ship and then finds out it's not quite as good as what he had in the enterprise. Do you know what I mean? Like it just, it, it had, it had all those beats of, of a kind of, early 90s star uh, not star trek science fiction kind of uh kind of show that's and i think that's maybe what i liked it there was a little bit of a charming uh aspect to the, the whole plot oh interesting i i wouldn't have maybe gone that far but that's a i'll have to I'll, I'll 10 out of 10 I'll it's a 10 out of 10 all right hold on here here's the synopsis for the episode a former attorney general puts together a a, a military swat team yeah to hunt down tech lords named the tech posse they recruit Jake to help out, but he finds some of their methods may not be completely justified. Yeah. That's no I, I remember the episode and I have I have lots of thoughts about it. Right off the bat, you know he's not gonna switch over and it's something gonna be a, a whole new 
bunch of characters that you're gonna have to meet and introduce you know from we, we're, we're in episode three it's not gonna happen so it's it's hard to think that you feel like the stakes are very high you weren't that invested in his his time in the peck possum yes i knew i knew he was gonna go back um and and i think that even the writers because does any of the tech posse they barely get any lines like one or two of them says like oh, yeah they cut away to them but i don't think they actually even bother other than the leader they don't introduce anyway yeah. before we get too far though i really need to get into the beginning of this episode because i lo- i had to pause it i lost my mind is it so the beginning is it they, they, the donuts and everything they they do a stakeout they're yeah. eating the donuts it's great they nearly catch this guy they find out that the tech lord is like some guy who maybe put cardigan in prison or maybe he's just like a tech lord he hates it's not janice it's janice, janice. i really liked him janice he's fine but as soon so i'm gonna cut i'm gonna move just past that opening scene they cut to the next scene and they're sitting in front of a tv and the tv playing in the background was the most insane like i they, they saw the future tech i lord, know i know what you're gonna say i lost my mind the newscast is playing and they're like they're talking about the president of the united states a former president of the United States yeah. has just died the 45th president Hillary Clinton, impeached in her third term, has just passed away. I actually had to go... 45th president. That's this presidency. I know. So close. They just missed it. I know. Trump really ruined things. I, I actually stopped and thought, wait a minute. Trump's not the 45th president, is he? And then I had to, and I'm like, oh, man, he is. So, yeah, I thought that... I, I had the same thing. I had to stop the video, and I was so blown away. Tech War, I have to say, three episodes in, they've created a Fitbit. They've created... Uh, they've almost... Uh, called the election well 25 years in the future so uh, music subscription service music subscription like so far the technology for anything else on the show the actual special effects and acting and plots and everything else the actual um whoever's coming up with some concepts of things in the future is pretty spot on not on everything there's no smell meter yet but it's coming it's coming uh but no i uh, i paused it i turned to my girlfriend melanie and i was just like losing my mind i'm like this show is unbelievable how did they uh, what is going on and then she turned back to you and said i'm leaving you <laughs> exactly yeah right. that's pretty much what happened anyway they're hunting janice janice is a tech lord for some reason they may have some involvement with cardigan in the past they never get into it again so it's moot um at which point well no i think they actually they either imply or outright say that um he was one of the major people that uh janice was one of the major people that framed yeah uh, framed or made him look bad that he went into his ice pod for 10 years or whatever crap yeah, I w- yeah. and it's like basically at this point that he gets recruited by uh, a former attorney general john grant to join the tech posse right my my main note of him was i said he should have been played by ronnie cox do you remember ronnie cox no he uh he was in robocop he played captain jellico do you remember captain jellico on star trek the one who has a real a pro- Riker has a real problem with and he tells Troy to put on a proper uniform. That was Captain Jellico. Anyways, I was like, oh, Ronnie Cox should have played this role. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Add that to the Wikipedia. Yeah. Ronnie. Yeah. Just on the Wikipedia. Uh, also, Ronnie Cox, many, many feel Ronnie Cox should have played the role. They're sitting at a table. This whole dead President Clinton thing's playing in the background. Yeah. Um, at which point, John Grant comes to recruit Cardigan to join his tech posse. But did you notice how rude he was to Sid? I, I felt the same way. I actually made a note about that. I said, doesn't he, doesn't, isn't anyone else feel awkward about how bad this is? He's offered him a job right in front of him. He's not very nice. And in my opinion, Sid's a much better cop slash security guard slash tech fighter oh, than Cardigan. As we see in this episode. He's much better. Sid is very competent. Yeah. Very capable. Far more. Now, he's a little bit overweight. Well, he just keeps eating those donuts. And I know. He talks to him. I know. You you know that that was one of the writers was like, 
Well, you know the actor's a little bit chubby. Maybe we'll have him love love donuts. It's it's as if the writer just thought, well, he's chubby, so let's have him eating, and that'll be funny for the audience. It's true. Sid Sid's got two character traits now. He loves technology. He loves himself a donut. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's it. And cardigan, oversized leather jackets, and maybe uh, loves his wife slash girlfriend slash whoever that woman is who sometimes disappears for entire episodes at a time. Yeah. So uh, it's really weird. Uh, they recruit Cardigan. He just like joins almost immediately and like abandons it. Oh, and I should mention talking about things that are really ahead of the time. It's basically the Patriot Act, right? Is what is what it's. Oh, it's very much like they talk about how many civil liberties they're disbanding. So this tech posse can like, go. like it's very right wing and weird. Yeah. I mean, a little heavy handed, but definitely like. Oh, yeah, definitely. They're, they're seeing he's seeing like what it takes. I, I like what did I I watched that uh, Denise Villeneuve movie yesterday. And it's about Emily Blunt being recruited by CIA Josh Brolin. Oh, Sicario. Sicario. Thank you. Yeah, I saw that. And it, that that movie is this episode. <laughs> It's yeah, all, yeah, I get it. Same, same basic beats, yeah. It's all about... That was much better. <laughs> same, same, exactly. Same rating. I'm giving the same rating. Uh, but it's like, this is just Sicario in Tech War. Yeah. Yeah, it is, you, you're, you are right. It has the same... It's the same basic idea of... Get uh, recruited by a shadow government agency. Yeah, and they and they do whatever it takes to get things done, but then you feel weird about it. Yeah, that's, that's this episode. So, yeah, he joins. He quits... His time with Shatner, Shatner lets him go, and he kind of joins this rogue entity group, and they go off to, like, find Janice by, like, first catching all his, like, henchmen. And and Cardigan takes jobs like his wife takes jobs, which is with no questions asked. So both of them now have taken jobs where they just get offered to them. They go, I, I, I guess so. They just, they both, both do the same. Like, he didn't learn any lesson from her taking a job from uh, Jimmy Dollars or whatever that guy's name in, in the first episode. That's yeah, true. They just the same same well, thing. They, they briefly do a big build up like Shatner's going to be mad at you for leaving. And then Shatner like shows He's like, have fun. Good luck. Is that? Oh, no. It's later on when they're having their uh, she's, as you said, his moral compass. And she's in bed in like a negligee and he's just topless in bed. And I I've something about that image was very weird to me. Did you notice the first henchman they caught? Maybe this is just me. I did. My note was canadian celebrity sighting patrick mckenna oh i'm so happy i'm a big patrick mckenna fan are you uh i don't really have any feeling either way but i just it's such a lame canadian thing and i can say that being a canadian is the hey we have about seven or eight actors that you all know right we're gonna stick them in every series that you ever see whether it's an american show or canadian show whatever it is one of these people are gonna show up and i maybe this was different at this time because how many canadian celebrities were there him and paul gross but it just was, oh, come on. I actually thought he was okay. In the, in the I, actually, I actually think that this probably is pretty, like, quote unquote, celebrity Patrick McKenna. Uh, fair enough. He's probably, he's, he's, I, he's I right is, there in the red this green. This is pre-red green. This oh, is, is it pre-red green? I think so. This is pre-traders. Right. So, like, like his big Canadian performances, I think, are yet to come. Right. At the very least, uh, it was still great. He was the best. He's one of the best parts of this episode. All right. They catch him. That's when his first moral quandary comes in because they bring him back to their headquarters to get information about where Janice is. Well, let me mention, you, they do this whole like um, uh, sequence where they catch the guys. And what I noticed was this is the great, the, this amazing team. They don't really do much other than they trip someone and they just catch guys at an elevator. And we're like, we're arresting you now. And I thought, well, Boscom's team can't, uh, they can't do any of this. To, to be fair, two of the agents, who I don't think we ever see again, get in a fight as undercover, like, 
like husband and wife and the man is yelling at his wife about things she's purchased and oh he, i don't remember he yells at her he's like for the price of that microwave hairdryer you bought i could have got a solar powered tie rack or an ultrasonic foot massager he just starts railing off lists of future products. Right. Which I love, by the way, that's that's that classic science fiction thing of um, just sticking a name in front of something so that it sounds fancy. So it's like... Yeah, it's like Jetson-style products. Yeah, yeah. Is that a pair of shoes? Oh, no, no, those are moon shoes. Oh, yeah, that's from the future. Moon shoes. Uh, all right. So they'd say uh, this is the point where they start uh, uh, torturing the person with lie detector. Yes, they got Patrick McKenna with this fancy new lie detector, which is unbeatable it's an unbeatable lie detector which is just a collar a shock collar they put around their neck yeah well but it's more than that it's connected to i guess their brain at some point because it can detect lies so but yes it's a shock collar that apparently is very very you know you can kill someone with this so after they've finished torturing him they kind of get an idea of where jan like they've got an idea like they're closing in on janice now and for the first time we kind of cut back to like cosmo because Cardigan has to go back and tell them to stop trying to find Janice. Like, the secret military police don't want them interfering. And so, for the first time, we cut back to seeing what, like, Sid and everyone's been up to. Yeah. I don't think you've noticed, I don't know if you noticed this, everyone is still in the same clothes. It's like, it's, like, been at least two days. I didn't notice that. Everywhere, everywhere has no background. So, so apparently, the organization just like when they lose cardigan there's only two people left in that building it's the same two people apparently wearing the same clothing yeah i mean that's that's all you need for cosmo you need shatner you need their weird secretary yeah she i i feel bad almost saying she really bothers me i just i don't like the character at all i don't like she's got moxie is that her thing it's just such a non-character she she's she kind of says things with a sarcastic lilt but it doesn't make sense why she's being like that i would i would say if anything it, you're reacting to that she really is in some ways ahead of her time and that she's like a bad writer's idea of a hipster she's all like affectation is that is that what she's supposed to be do you think well she's constantly like even i think in this episode she's like wearing an asian influence like bellhops uniform uh, every time she shows up i just i'm annoyed i'm she, like oh here we go she's a character they're like oh in the future she's young so she's really like affecting like the 1930s so she wears a hairstyle that way and she kind of dresses that way as if that's enough of a character trait i'm assuming there's no women uh writers on this writing staff oh no no um second episode really second episode was written by a woman well shows me anyway he goes back uh, to tell them to lay off no one's going to take it. Sid's like not having it. Chatner's not having it. He goes to his wife and complains and she's just like, she like literally is complaining about the rule of law. Like she's like, what you're doing is illegal. But I mean, yeah, I, this is the point where like people are like kind of pushing back on Cardigan and he's like, no, I'm still doing the right thing. So they follow up on Patrick McKenna's tip as to where Janice is going to be and they am- try to ambush him in some sort of shipping container yard. Yeah, I love this part of the episode. Spoiler alert, they get in a gunfight. They get, it was a, um, it was a trap and they get in a gunfight and then um, a kid playing basketball. By himself. Uh, by himself accidentally gets shot and in killed. In a shipping container And yard. that's what's funny. It's like how weird this kid is who went to play basketball by himself in a shipping container. When And also he must have seen these guys with guns around at one point because they had to climb up to get ready and stuff. So I think I think he'd maybe deserve to die is what I'm saying. Whoa, str- strong opinion on strong that opinion. kid. Strong yeah. opinion on that kid. 
he also deserves to get shot because he decides to run after his ball when they're clearly firing guns. He didn't go, eh, maybe I'll wait a couple minutes and see how this works out. No, he runs out into the line of fire. That's fair. You, uh, you He had no survival instincts at yeah. all. Yeah, and also uh, basketball in the future, just basketball. Yeah, yeah, just basketball. It's the same. Can't improve on it. Um, so they kill this kid. It's all been an ambush. And a, as they're gathering around to like lick their wounds, a garbage can explodes. Yeah. Revealing a hologram of Janice. Yeah, I my, I wrote that down and I wrote the note. Amazing. Janice is dressed as a wizard. Yeah, I know. I really, honestly, at this point, I was like, I'm all in. I thought that that was great. Janice as a wizard was a big turning point. I was like, this, this episode's going well. Things yeah. are really working out. For yeah, me. I felt the same. So Janice basically, I don't know, goads them. He's just like, you're never going to catch me. I'm an untouchable hologram wizard man. Yeah. Uh, at which point we cut to commercial and when we come back, Cardigan and the former dis- the former district or ge- attorney general who runs Tech Posse are walking out of the boy's funeral with the kid's parents. Yes, telling them how not even that they're sorry. They're like telling them it's not their fault. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, it was weird. I, I, on the note I made was maybe the parents should feel bad about the kid playing basketball by himself. But yes, that was very weird. Also, I don't think they said anything. Right? They just kept. Oh yeah, the the the. Extras hired or upgraded to be the parents were not given a line of dialogue. They just just walk silently. Yeah, as they were monologued to. So we go to some more torture. Yeah. So so I don't remember how they got to this, but they start torturing the cleaning lady, which is like this poor lady. It was a weird jump. Like they don't really. It feels like a scene was cut, but like it felt like she was a janitor at a hotel who told her boyfriend that she saw Janice. I don't know. It wasn't uh, clear. It wasn't. It was just like some woman. Who, I just felt bad for the lady. Well, I mean, that was the idea. You're supposed to think like this woman doesn't know anything. Yeah. Watch them torture her. And they did put her right in a put her right in a tech coma. Thank thank God, Cardigan's girlfriend slash wife is a neurologist. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, also, by the way, what wasn't she a chemist or something last time? Now she's a now she's a top neurologist. There's no way she has this many degrees. Well, I mean, tech affects the brain, so maybe it's all combined. Yeah. Okay. Can't, I don't buy it. I think Hardy is just trying to always get his, he's always like that person at work who's trying to get you, get work for someone else. He's like, oh, come on, my, my girlfriend can do it. Well, Cardigan feels bad. He feels bad she was put in coma, so he wants her to get the best care, which allows us, the audience, to get catch up with his girlfriend, who can basically just be a bleeding heart liberal. Mm-hmm. About <laughs> these, okay. Yeah. About these terrible tech posse and their right wing tactics. Yeah. Causing a cardigan to have a... She's, a... she's a real snowflake, that one. Cardigan still doesn't quite change. At the end of it, he says, I'm going to quit after I catch Janice. So he's even though he now doubts them, he's still not leaving Tech Quasi. He's going to stick it out. Otherwise, killing that kid would be for nothing. Hey, yeah, it, it I, I, I agree nothing. with Cardigan. Uh, let me mention one thing. Uh, do you remember the mention of Cyberbonds? Yeah, that's uh, that's the next scene. Oh yeah, so, so I don't. I uh, you can take it from there, but all I remember is I, the cyber bonds. I was like, that's where I'm putting my money. That sounds real safe. Uh, well, basically, the next thing we catch back up with Sid and the secretary slash hacker. I think she does more than secretary, but it's hard to tell. Yo, she hacks too, although not very well because they always have to go to that other that other girl who eats chocolate bars to do some ha- if they need it untracked hacking. Uh, they catch back up like this cardigan free. They catch back up with Cosmos. She and Sid have done all the footwork. They've figured everything out. Everything that Tech Posse has not been able to sort out, these two are putting together by themselves. They've done actual detective work. 
uh, and they're looking into where Janice's money might be hidden. And you're right. They start listing off future ways to hide money, which are matrix transfers, cyber bonds, and plutonium futures. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a bit of a stretch, but I'm going to give Bitcoin to tech war. No, no. I, I, I thought the same thing. I thought this is pretty good. They're, you know, they're they're uh, they're hiding money in the black market and and the dark web. Yeah, yeah. Tech war does it once again. Um, but of course, Sid solves the mystery because apparently Janice is hiding his money through old-fashioned money laundering of just buying things yeah. and then selling them again. Which apparently the government's so high tech they forgot that's an option. Yeah, that that was a little bit. I, I mean, I kind of was like, ah, whatever, sure, sure. But yes, it did seem a little bit. Uh, it, they just need to wrap it up real quick for them to be able to catch something. Like I don't know, he he buys a yacht. So did you catch? Did you catch what his yacht was? It was a seven-year-old yacht worth seven times the gross natural product of most Asian nations. Oh, I didn't. I didn't catch that. I think I think that might be a little racist. <laughs> so oh, that, I guess that's a lot. Like that. Like they're assuming in 2045, most Asian nations can't afford a 70-year-old yacht. Yeah. I don't think yachts get more expensive over time. Well, the hurricanes have effectively destroyed the Philippines at this point, right? They're entirely gone. <laughs> that may be the tech war. Uh, maybe during the Brazil wars. I don't know. Yeah, something right, the happened. Brazil wars. Something happened. Um, I also made a note here. Sid and Nika, the secretary slash hacker, are very good partners. Yeah. No, I, I thought the same thing. They really, they're not missing a beat with losing Cardigan and they could clearly go on without him, even though it's just them and Boscom or Bascom, whatever his name is, who just only walks around stairs. Have we mentioned that? He only walks up and down stairs. I think that might have been in Shatner's contract that all of his scenes take place by a stair or just walking up or down a stair because you never see him anywhere else. Like, Or, or they shot all of his scenes in one day by the, those stairs. It's just it's his dressing room, just on top of those stairs. <laughs> it's very weird. They say your your scenes now, and he just steps out. And he never wants to go out for lunch. They're like Bascom, I'm like come on, let's go for lunch. He's like, no, no, I'm obviously here. They're like, you're gonna eat by the stairs. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you guys go, you guys go. Every time he never leaves. He may actually be a hologram. Maybe they'll find that out. Ooh, twist. Yeah. Anyway, so this is basically the best part of the episode because thanks to torturing that woman. I don't know how. Do you remember how they figured out to go where Janice is? No, I, I'm assu- assuming she says something. But anyways, they both basically they both get to the same spot. Oh, I know now. Right here's my note about it. Basically, there's that scene where Sid and Nikki uh, Nika figure out that he has this boat and Janice is on this boat and Sid's like, I'm gonna go there yeah. and take him down. When we cut to the next scene, they're going to the boat and in an offhanded remark. The guy who runs Tech Posse says, hey, we got a tip. He's on a boat. Oh, really? They I don't, don't even, even remember. They don't even do work. That I, I, I'm just looking at my notes here. They tortured that woman for no reason. And also, they just, like, got a rando tip to where he was. Like, Sid at least had a, like, arc of how he figured it out. Tech Posse just stumbles into scenarios. Because Tech Posse, they just get tips all the time. They're, well, they're Patriot Act. They don't need that. They don't need <laughs> they got that Tech work. Posse. But basically, we get into them infiltrating the boat separately. Sid on one side, yeah. Tech Posse on the other. They don't know that each other are there. It's the best scene in the entire show. I agree. It was very good. Uh, the return of the morphing face mask. Yes, Sid but by, morphs. But why does he do it? He, why does he even bother? Because well, the only person who knows him is Cardigan. So why does he even put it on? Well, he just morphs into another person's face. 
and then pretends to be a worker working on the boat. Like no I one's know. gonna recognize you exactly. or this fake and worker. It, let me ask you something weird. Uh, I've noticed both times the morphing mask has been used. They have both been used by Sid, and both times he's turned into another black guy. Can you only turn into people of your own race? Is it because the hands would be a giveaway? It's, it's because the hands. Well, I'm sure they could put morphing gloves on too. Well, he, he he's only got so much room. He's bringing the mask. Don't get too complicated, he says. Let's keep yeah. it simple. Let's keep it simple. That's that's classic Sid. So it's like, keep it simple. Just bring the morph mask with me. Yeah, okay. Uh, did you notice, though, I, I really was very happy for the guy that Sid morphs into because that actor got, like, at least five minutes of screen time after that. Like, they're, yeah. they're following him around. This other actor we've never seen before is just, like, getting whole scenes by himself where he's wandering around the ship. I'm, I'm all for the morphing mask. I'm, I'm, anytime it shows up, I'm happy. That, that background guy just got, like, so much money that day. He, like, <laughs> got, he got full scenes to himself. He guaranteed got an upgrade. A hundred percent. Also, did you notice the uh, cloaking ships? I did, and uh, the note I made was, they might be more effective if you couldn't see the drag of water behind them. <laughs> Te- tech Posse gets into basically rafts, motorized rafts, yeah. where they say, turn on the cloaking technology? Well, here's the thing about the cloaking technology. If you can cloak a boat in water, you must be able to cloak yourself, and they would just be able to cloak themselves and go in. I know why you can't do that, because you can't just have no actors being in a scene, You're just hearing their voices. But in terms of the technology... It should be just as effective, right? Covering a person is covering a boat? I mean, the boat's not covered, so it is effectively shielding them as people. Oh, yeah, because it does shield them, too. So that's weird. I mean, effectively, it is just like, I don't know what it is, but yeah, they they take these rafts about 10 feet. <laughs> I know, they didn't, they didn't have to go very far. They cloak, drive 10 feet get on the boat at which point tech posse turns it into a shootout with janice's men and by far the most people are killed in this episode oh they're they're killing people left and right yeah. um though it is great when uh so, somehow sid doesn't get shot as as cardin comes around and sees him in a morph mask well because they have to have that reveal like oh we're both here teammates again which is great i was really happy that was i was just like yes the team is back together I love it. Um, and then blah, 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 blah. They end up in a fight on the roof with Janice. Yeah. Where Janice gets knocked off into another raft with Sid mm-hmm. and a bomb. Yeah. Because they rig the ship to blow. As Janice and Sid drive off, the attorney general is like, let's blow up that ship and just kill Janice. Yeah, I know. that. I, I was like, really? I mean, they, up to this point, they hadn't shown him to be that bloodthirsty. That he would just kill a well, not a cop or whatever couldn't, they couldn't are. let it, couldn't let him get away. It was worth it. Yeah, it the was sacrifice worth it. was worth it. Not yeah. to Cardigan. The ends justify the means for him. Yeah, and him and Cardigan get in a fist fight while we're cross cutting with Sid fist fighting Janice. Yeah, and let me mention one point. Cardigan, did you notice when Cardigan kicks him? I la- I laughed so hard. There's this weird kick out of the blue, and I'm like, what? He knows how to kick people too, and it was just so silly. It was such a silly, like, fighting move. It just was like, do you need to have the kick in there? Because they had to show, like, he's, you know, he's got something special. But, I mean, yeah, uh, two fights at one time. Pretty good. The attorney general wasn't that in shape either. It wasn't, no. Uh, it wasn't a tough fight for Cardigan. No. Cardigan shoots the trigger to the explosive. Also, that was a real gamble. Because how did he know not shooting the button when just set it off? Because that's embarrassing, right? <laughs> he just blows up his partner anyway. To go see who I'm assuming is Sid's significant other or whoever, his loved ones. So, funny his story, donuts, guys. His donuts. Yeah, his donuts. Funny story, guys. I thought shooting the button would stop the bomb, but unfortunately it killed him. So it I effectively set it off, him. really. It yeah, it set it off. So sorry about that. We but, got Janice. <laughs> but as a way to say sorry, I brought donuts. Sid cycles back, having caught Janice single-handedly, 
And in a weird twist, I don't, I didn't entirely understand this. I guess because Cardigan broke rank, he's now in trouble with the government. But Sid shows up and he's like, I'll trade you Janice for Cardigan. Yeah, they sort of implied that he, guess he got on the bad side of uh, old fake Ronnie Cox, that, um, that he was like, I guess because of the the Patriot Act thing, whatever they kept call, they kept calling it a name like C thirty one or whatever. It was. Oh yeah, they had like it was like Executive Order C. Yeah, because of that, he basically could. I think they implied he could arrest Cardigan if he wanted without real any real reason, just because like he's pissed off. He can just so that was that was what that was. And then Sid saved the day again. He saved the day like three times in this episode. Also, he likes donuts. And then so Sid trades him for Janice. They get the collar and Janice, and uh, Sid gets his partner back, and everything's back to the status quo. But the scene played out just like every scene with his girlfriend wife is they acknowledged a problem. They both acknowledged culpability in how the problem was handled and then immediately forgave each other. They have a healthy relationship. They have a very healthy relationship. And, you know, and I guess we get to the point now. He comes back and Bascom takes him back. And they have this sort of they, they imply and it's not the first time they've done it where they imply that he's some sort of like psychological master that he's he's always playing a chess game with people. And he knows what everyone's going to do. They do imply not even apply. They like state that Boscombe has the ear of the president. Yes, that, yeah, that's what I mean. They keep saying, like, he knows things and he's a very powerful person. But again, all I've really seen him do is walk up and down the stairs. And that, that one time, that one episode, he pulled out a force field on that woman before she shot him. So I don't know. I, I, I'm not as impressed as all those, uh, as all the characters are, but maybe I'll, maybe I'll be made to eat my words. I mean, th- that about wraps it up for episode three, Ted yeah. Posse. Yeah. The episode where Cardigan's going to have very complicated taxes due this year. Yeah, that's right. Right? He he briefly took another job. Yeah, and it's like, how's he? Like, did he take a paycheck for that? And did how he? Many, how many credits do you think he got paid for that? Like fifteen. Well, day? it's you know what they get paid twenty five at. You know, th- this is a little spoiler for the next episode, but I wrote it down in the next episode. They mention that an electronic prostitute is five credits a minute. And then in the second episode, the army woman was offered 25 credits a day to work. But then in the first episode, Beth bought the first uh, her dress for 1,200 credits. This currency is all over the place. Five, all over. Five credits a minute. I know. And she was making 25 a day. That, that prostitute's a lot of money. Inflation. Inflation in the future. Prostitutes are through the roof. I mean, maybe it's because they're a robot. Maybe that's like highly sought after. Yeah. I guess. Maybe a human prostitute is considerably cheaper. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I guess there's advantages. With anything, there's a little bit of pros, a little bit of cons. Uh, well, you probably don't need a lot more than a minute. <laughs> well, yeah, it's true. Those, those, they're very effective robots. They're not going to be bad at it. They're not going to mess around. There's no foreplay. <laughs> <laughs> they're not going to mess around. Um, Light, lighting candles. Well, this got awful. <laughs> so, episode 104. The fourth episode. Uh, Promises to Keep is the title of this episode. I haven't seen one of these in a long time. No, you've never seen one like this. Ever. It's a programmable keyboard, isn't it? Actually, no, I'm playing it. That's the wetware I was telling you about. It's incredible. I appreciate the concert. Let's get down to business. Business it is, Jake Cardigan. Do you have the prototype headset? I was afraid to bring it until I was sure we could find you. But it's in a safe place. But it works. Yes. I can't sustain the effect, but it definitely inhibits the neural link to tech. For years, I've been trying to figure out how a woman as beautiful as you can be as brilliant as you are. Let's stay on track. All right, synopsis for the episode. Tom Weston, a former boyfriend of Beth Kittredge, calls her and enlists her help. He was presumed dead, 
but has been hiding because he's close to finding a way to eliminating tech. The tech lords are trying to kill him. Yeah, I didn't like this episode as much as I liked the last episode. I mean, it wasn't, I didn't actually think either one were particularly bad, but I just, I didn't like this one as much as the last one. We'll get into this later, but uh, I did not like this. Yo, you didn't like it at all? I, I thought it was okay. I, we'll get into this in the ratings, but like, I, I feel like the same thing happened last episode for me. Like, real high point, real low point. Yeah. Right off the bat, so we start with, uh, their ch- characters are getting chased, and what I liked was, the guy drops something on the ground, and the first thing they do is pick it up. Like, if I'm chasing someone and they drop a Fabergé egg or something, I'm not going to pick that thing up. I know it's bad. It is true. It, that guy just immediately picks up a bomb. He's like, what do you think this is? Yeah. But that's how Tom Weston, our uh, guest hero, gets away. Oh, and he go he goes immediately to his lair. And did you notice that this is the first time we've really seen an AI in mm-hmm. terms of... Uh, Sassy computer. Yeah, having a personality. That was the first... I was like, oh, that's something. It, it uh, went... <laughs> When he questioned it, this robot sassed back, don't question me. Yeah. <laughs> Which is not what you want your computer to say <laughs> to you. Yeah. Hey, can you open the pro? Don't question me. Oh, geez. Ooh. Okay. Sorry. Ooh. From here, Tom reaches out to Jake's girlfriend slash wife, Beth Kittredge. And may I mention that this is the first time also. So episode four is the first time we see the cityscape of where they're taking place, which is clearly the Toronto cityscape. But horribly horribly painted over like they've done it looked like someone just took gold foil and stuck it over a building it is like they use computer graphics to kind of alter it but really bad ones and you know what's weird though there was city skylines in the last episode when they're at the boat you see toronto city skyline very clearly and and when you in this episode they cut to it and i'm just like not the same city that was in the last episode Well, this one this had like at one point wasn't there like a floating globe above one yeah, city or building there's just a globe floating like the whole thing is like just a mess it's a mess that, yeah, it, yeah that establishing it, shot was a nightmare it's also not needed at all because they haven't used them before so why even establish it we have no idea what the city looks like in fact it was better yeah. not knowing yeah and uh let me my note about the beginning of the episode i put old love interest coming back from the dead i bet cardigan will be really open-minded about it <laughs> so they 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 really uh th- this episode i think never made a right turn where you thought it was going you know it, everything everything went exactly like you thought it was going to go that's how i felt about this episode uh, there's no surprises i mean we'll get into it but this episode if last episode was what's the name of that movie again oh sicario if the last episode was sicario this episode is casablanca whoa really yeah we'll get into it by the end but it, it is basically casablanca <laughs> Okay. Uh, for, I, th- I thought you meant in terms of quality. I was like, wow. Also, yeah, it was, I feel like Casablanca is like two stars, just like this episode. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah, she re- he reaches out. He's come up with a technology that, like, allows you, the human being, to manipulate technology with your brain. So your thoughts can now manipulate technology. That's, like, the thing he's inventing. I kind of I, – I actually felt, and maybe this is just me – I felt they were a little bit wishy-washy with what the technology was, and it seemed to also change a little bit from the beginning to the end of the episode. Was that just me? Did you feel the same way? It, I was never clear. Like the the core of it was that whatever it did allowed you to have enough mind control that tech wouldn't affect you anymore. When they show the technology later, they just showed images in a guy's head. You remember they have the thing and they and they have the guy and it's like apparently his thing is like being right. a prostitute and they're like ooh this is a great technology I'm like but isn't that just tech then you've just put no. images in his head they didn't no 
Yeah, uh, uh, later in the episode when they're trying to help Tom get off the street, Cardigan makes a connection with a government guy he knows who's going to, like, they're going to show him the new stuff he invented to help cure tech, and the government will, like, protect him from the tech lords who want to kill him. That man just puts on tech. Like, he's just using tech. Like, the prostitute, the whole, like, thing in his head where the agent shows up and wants to sleep with It's so weird. All of them are just, like, all the fantasies for men are just some underling. They want to grossly, like... Everyone is Harvey Weinstein. It's awful. Um, but like, yeah, he puts that on. He's in tech town. Like he's getting what he wants. And whatever the technology they use, to st- like he just takes it off. He's like, oh, I just don't feel like wearing it anymore. Oh. Your technology works. But like, it's just like, what technology? He's- yeah, see, that's why I didn't understand it. It, it, it. They never quite explained what technology was or how it worked. The idea was just was like, where a normal person would just keep having a fantasy of molesting an underling, he was able to take it off because it was not giving him what he wanted anymore. Right. Well, it's, I guess the, it, the implication, it's, it's cutting off the, the firing of the syntaxes. So you're, it's not hitting your pleasure centers or whatever. Yeah, right. That, but, but they the, don't, they don't ever make that explicit. The, te- the tech chemical doesn't get released. Whatever, yeah. Whatever right. that was called. The one that, uh, what's your face was making. The synthesizing. In the other yeah. 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 So uh, we're getting pretty far in this episode. I don't want to, and I'm fine. We'll keep going. I don't really care about this too much. But let me mention one thing before, as I keep cutting you off. Cardigan on the elliptical was one of the funniest things. I laughed and laughed and laughed because they just had, again, poor Sid. They have to have him get in shape because he's a little bit overweight. And this poor guy's just getting hit when he's down. But and, and but he actually didn't look as nearly as funny as the cardigan on the on the elliptical. That made me laugh. Well, I was going to say, like, there's a big sort of Sid cardigan partnership in this episode they're like trying to like protect uh tom they're constantly the entire episode is constantly railing on sid for like wanting to eat sweets yeah the entire episode but it also relies on the fact that sid has a new toy the hounder i don't know how it possibly works hounder apparently created some sort of liquid tasteless liquid that Someone who drank that liquid that would then be trackable. The liquid would be trackable. Not only trackable, you can hear. The, the liquid is also a microphone from inside the body. Yeah, which was weird because it's also like when he was angry because the guy was just going out and like doing shopping and stuff. He's like, go do some crimes. Why do I have to listen to this? The bad guy in this is Lafar, which is some woman who is not a tech lord, but is like a tech distributor. Yeah. But which she, really is a tech lord. Which is just a tech lord. It's true. But like her, her it's thing. Like, I'm I'm not a drug dealer. I'm a drug distributor. Her thing is she's she's like classic, wealthy old white lady who gets a lot of plastic surgery. And you know what about it? The the funny thing up to this point, so far we've seen at least three major villains. I found all of them more interesting than the than the heroes in this. And I wish the show was following these people because because she's much more interesting with her weird like I like the little pins in her face and to keep her young i thought she was really interesting yeah she has a plastic surgery on, on call who has a robot hand full of needles to just like jab her face yeah 10 out of 10 i like that uh, all the time she employs hitman oh this is this was so bad uh, like for all the things the tech war gets weirdly right sometimes her hitman is a man in a dress in a bad french oh, accent that was that it was very like uh, actually I'm not that offended that easily but but I I was I thought oh guys this is this is bad like this must have been offensive at the time and yeah it's, and it's even worse now he, it was a painful painful scene he's mincing around and then, <laughs> he, he was definitely mincing and Sid and cardigan show up and then Sid and cardigan make all kinds of gay panic jokes it like that they're scene, very uncomfortable because 
they're worried they might have sex with him, I guess. Well, yeah, Cargan's like, he'll take you out for a steak. And then Sid's like, what? No, I won't. I don't. I don't do that. I'm just like, oh, my God. This, like, this scene is embarrassing, everybody. Yeah. Like, you should all feel bad for having been involved. Yeah. But, I mean, Shatner killed his wife. So <laughs> uh, somewhat unrelated. Did you notice that every time um, they kept showing in this episode the little um, video phone that they all have? But every single time they showed it, it was just a still image of the hand so that they could clearly add in the green screen, the little thing. But I just like that it was just a still hand, which you wouldn't have noticed, but they stay on the shot for so long. They really hold on the hand for a long time. So you start realizing this is a bad composition. Anyway, Beth is trying to help Tom. So she's like looking into this information she got from Tom via the phone that time while he's on the run. Tom's basic plan seems kind of dumb. So he has technology that he doesn't want people to catch. So his plan is, I'm going to look at my old girlfriend from presumably over 10 years, and I'm going to put it on her computer because I just know, even not being in contact with her, that her computer has enough power or whatever is the most advanced to be able to hold his files. Doesn't that seem like a really lame way to just to try to look up an old girlfriend? Oh, you're, you're postulating he could have done this anywhere. This is just a reason to reconnect. Yes. Yes, oh, interesting. Yeah, because like, come well, that on. changes a lot, don't you think? I thought immediately. I thought, oh, this is all just to get her back, and and it's just convenient. After ten years of pretending to be dead, he's like, I should really like. Yeah, the AI is not getting what he wants. Look, look if I can hook up with my old girlfriend. He probably looked her up on on uh, tech book online, and it was like nice. he looked her and he thought, thank you. He looked her up and thought, oh, she looks still looks pretty good. The little teased hair is a little much, but he thought, well, I'll just put it on her computer. She's still going to work out. Anyway, I she, think he was a little bit creepy with it is what I'm saying. For, uh, well, he is a bit of a creep. But by putting it on a computer, Lafar somehow figures out it's there. She sends a hitman. That's when they have to, like, stop the Sid and Cardigan show up and stop the hitman from, like, killing his girlfriend. I think we actually do figure out she's his girlfriend this episode. Yeah, he mentions he goes, uh, he's been living with her for a year. I was rooting for Thomas until he started quoting poetry, which is a thing, it's just a trope I hate. Characters in TV and film that, for whatever reason, memorize literature and poetry like no one does in real life. Just so you can have a scene where they quote it to someone, so the other person is very impressed. But again, in real life, if someone started quoting me poetry, I would think, what is wrong with this person? This is very weird. This is not a normal way to converse. And, and, and also one of the things he says is, I'll always look over you and I'll always bring you ice cream. That was one of the things. Oh, well, that's a that's a callback. What was it a callback to? Early in the episode, when they're talking about how Jake is like, they've been living together for a year. Well, I think Jake mentions, he, this is the line I wrote down, is that Beth gave great ice cream kisses. Yes, I wrote that too. I miss your ice cream kisses. And I wrote, I assume this is a frozen treat of the future. <laughs> so, so is she always eating ice cream? There's, there, she's, or is that an innuendo? Is she, it a gross innuendo? I, I don't, I don't know. I, it was weird. Give me one of your ice cream kisses. No, <laughs> oh. yeah, it's gross, right? Mm, I don't like that. Yeah. Um. Oh man. No mix of this cold and creamy as you do. This episode, like, really nothing happens. I noticed this episode. This one had a lot of really weird one-liners and odd things. So I looked up the writer uh, because I thought this got to be like a writer who's who's hasn't written another episode, and it was. And so the writer's name is James Con, not the James Con you're thinking of. Spelled, Damn it. Spelled Con like Con, like Star Trek Two. He's he's written some things, like he wrote a bunch of episodes of Melrose Place and Star Trek Voyager and some things. But he also has some very very weird credits, which is he wrote 
a whole bunch of novelizations of movies, but they're uncredited. So he wrote the Poltergeist novel, uncredited. Star Wars Episode Six: Return of the Jedi, uncredited. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, novel, uncredited. Poltergeist 2, novel, uncredited. And there's a whole bunch, like, that's weird. So if they're uncredited, why are they even listed here? So did he just put them up on his... He would have had to. That's a weird gig to get. You just keep writing novelizations. So I think what it really is, is he's a uh, he's a ghostwriter for people. And he's he's written some TV. Do you think he's Shatner's ghostwriter? I think he might be. I can't remember. There's actually... Anyways, he's had some really weird credits, but this guy kept writing quips for whatever reason in this episode, and it's like, not, it's nonstop. You don't know it was him. It could have been punch-ups in the writer's room. Yeah. Well, here's another one. Sid goes, I couldn't find my butt up there. That was one of the lines, too. There was just a lot of weird dialogue. It was a, it was a weird episode. I mean, I'm gonna I'm trying to skim through it. Like, like, essentially, they're just trying to protect Tom and effectively also protect Beth, because now that she knows the secret to stop, ta- they're both targets of all the tech lords. The entire thing is, like, keeping them alive and, like, trying to, like, get them to safety and, like, get this new tech somewhere. They, like, go back to those hackers from the earlier, like, the not... Micah or Mika or something. Mika or whatever. They they go to the other hackers. They then go back to her. They go to those other hackers. They go to the Minority Report ones. Which I was informed this time by Melanie. That hacker, that is Lexa Doig. Who's, who's that? She won't stop telling me about Lexa Doig. Because <laughs> apparently Lexa Doig is in this. She's in like every Canadian science fiction show from like, this is kind of like her first foray. But she, right. I think we're going to be seeing a lot. In the more future, right. of Alexa Doig going forward. It's funny because I can't actually picture what she looks like at all. It do, well, just have to go watch another episode of Tech War. She'll be back. Don't so Mel's a, Mel's a big fan, huh? She knows. She, Alexa, she keeps saying Alexa Doig, and I'm like, I don't know who that is. That's the only reason I'm paying attention to the hacker scenes anymore. Anyway, what were you going to say? I was going to say, did you notice that Beth just keeps getting thrown into problems simply because she's there? She seems like she's her character is only there to create a plot for the other main characters like this is the second time where she's essentially a catalyst but doesn't really have anything to do you know the first episode she gets a job so that cardigan can go prove that he's actually evil this time her ex-boyfriend comes back so that cardigan can save the day you know i mean arguably that's all the characters like no one has its character traits and like they're all just there to get cardigan somewhere but yeah like you're not wrong she gets in trouble cardigan has to like get her out of it yeah, I have a feeling this is probably gonna be a trend that goes through the uh, through. Although, as we as we learn, probably not with Beth. I know this really throws your whole view of the show into jeopardy. Yeah, yeah, I did. So let's just let's just let's not mess around. And they try to save her. Whatever. They get to the end and they realize they can't save Tom. Like yeah. Tom, they can't get. They can't like hide Tom. Tom's got to go back into like his weird underground hiding. Yeah, which he gets. I like that he's been hiding for let's say 10 years and he gets fooled by a guy wearing a wig do you remember that part where he's like beth and it's just a guy wearing a wig i was like oh come on your security is terrible that was that poor woman man in a dress again was it him yeah oh and that was bad and there's also that part where sid is with the uh the hitman and he and he it looks like he's roofing him remember because he puts the, the drop in his drink and i thought oh god where is this going but he just wants to listen to the guy oh yeah, yeah. I, I mean the, why the villain in this episode needed crossdressers assassins is beyond me like that was never explained also a lot of irish stereotypes in the future because he keeps calling cardigan irish irish as if like he's you know he's wearing a green coat and he's always talking about his lucky charms or something like i was like oh because cardigan's last name like the actor doesn't even look irish i mean that's the the whole thing between tom and jake because they they share the same girlfriend is like some sort of 
bad pissing match. Yeah, it's, it's supposed to be a rivalry, but it does, it seems to come out out of nowhere. And I know what they were going for, but I don't think it really worked very well. It's not great, but it kind of leads up to the ending where they realize there's no way to keep Tom safe, so he needs to go back underground. And here's the big twist of the episode. Beth has to leave with him. And this is where it's a little bit Casablanca. Right. Because they still love each other, but the only way to keep her safe is for her to leave with the other man. They get in the car to go away, at which point Sid says, wait, that's not a model car we own. Yeah, I know. They waited to that moment. And the car explodes. To be fair, Sid's a pretty good detective, but sometimes he has some lapses. (laughs) Really missed that. The car explodes, killing Tom and Beth. Oh, and then he also mentions, Sid says, my name is Chocolate Donut. Did you catch that line? No. He said his name is Chocolate Donut. It was very weird. I know the whole episode makes you feel very uncomfortable, but a lot of things. Cut away. Beth's not dead. Yeah. But her and Tom still do go on the run together. I was surprised with that. So up until now, particularly you, Jordan, have been, we've been pushing the assumption that like everything will reset every episode. Yeah. And it basically has. But now for some reason, they have removed the like. A major character. The character we've come to love. <laughs> well, she hasn't, to be fair, she hasn't been utilized at all to this point, And I know she's going to come back. But I was surprised that they got rid of her in episode four. Do you think she's going to come back? I'm hoping. No, she's it. 100% she's coming back. Is she coming? She's just coming back in the next episode, isn't she? Yeah, I don't know if she's coming back in episode five, but I think she'll be back in, in at least a few, is my my guess. Well, I guess we'll, we'll have to wait and see. But uh, I I mean, I, I dislike this episode a lot because it was super boring. Uh, but I was I was pleasantly surprised to find out they were going to remove Beth from the series. Yeah. So at least temporarily. So is it time to talk about what we're ranking these episodes? Yeah, let's let's just get into ranks. I have nothing left to say about this. I mean, I've had a whole bunch of my notes, but it was a boring episode. Okay, so we got it. We have to uh, let's rank them. So episode three. Episode three. So I I would actually give the first episode a seven out of ten. Out of out of out of ten stargates, you're giving it seven out of ten. <laughs> I'm giving out just out of ten stargates. I'm giving it seven gates. I, I don't know anything about stargate. I'm giving it a seven out of ten. I would give it 7.5. Oh, 7.5. I have to because I gave the first episode 7. You know what I think we're going to find? It's better than the first episode. Your range is, uh, there's going to be a a bigger, greater discrepancy between episodes. I think I'm always going to stay around that just passing. I have to give a point. I I wish I gave the first episode less now. I I agree. I felt felt the same. I watched this episode and one of my first things I thought was, I wish I had ranked the first episode lower. This this is like, this is the high watermark. I'm almost sure for Tech Wars. This is going to be the high watermark. Okay. So episode 4. Episode four. I give it a five. I give it a two. Oh, man. You hated it that much. Oh, uh, man. It was unwatchable. Did you, did, you, did you watch them back to back or did you take time? I took about an hour and a half in between. Not enough time. The probably I did the, I did the same thing. I started and I, I stopped because I thought, this is too much tech war. I, I think we need, a little, we need a little break from each other. I said it earlier. I like an episode. And the next one is just like, I hate it so much. And mm. the next one's like, Yes. We're back. This is good tech war. And the next one, I'm like, no, no, thank you. Yeah, I've kind of felt like meh the whole way. It's just a cheesy show, right? It's not going to get any better. We'll see. I, I mean, I really do feel like episode three is the high watermark, but you're probably right. Well, I, I just hope that maybe they maybe they'll make Sid the star of the show because I think they're missing it. Oh, I agree. Sid, if they just made the show about Sid, I would like it so much more. I agree. Even if they kept the fact that he just loves donuts and tech. Reboot. Like it's it's, uh, it's him dealing with uh, the refreezing of Cardigan. It's the new show, and it's him as he's a little bit older, he's a little bit wiser, but he's dealing with, you know, 
essentially the death of his his partner and he's a little bit meaner and his and his methods have gotten a little bit tougher i think everyone watch that tech war 20 was this supposed to take place in what 2045 yes yeah, this is tech war 2070 but trump is in his fourth term tech war I'm, I'm saying i'm saying in a voice that makes it sound better Ooh, i really want to watch this all right um that's it for this episode i think i i think we're done yeah um if you want to say anything to us about these episodes i not sure why, but you can. Uh, you can reach us at uh, continuumdrag at gmail.com, on Twitter at continuumdrag, or even on Instagram at continuumdrag. Um, and I think, Jordan, uh, we'll probably get you to post some of these photos. Yep. Maybe even a YouTube video about that video game of Tech Warehouse. Sure. There's all kinds of YouTube videos for some reason about that game. Uh, anyway, thanks for tuning in. See you next time. Have a good one. Continuum Drag is recorded at Astrolab Studios in Toronto, Ontario. Theme music by James Rexiedler. Produced by Jordan Delick and Luke Black. Special thanks to Adam Wheatner, Jeff Hanley, Emily Carter, and Dwayne Wright.